I think that when I work with women, one of the recurring issues that I see is related to that worth because women tend to second guess their worth when they get a no or when they get multiple no's. And I think that goes back to a lot of the patriarchal and societal and cultural things that we've been taught over time of sit pretty, be quiet, be polite, don't push it, etc. Because if you show up with too much confidence, then you're called names. And I really do think that one of the most powerful work we can do is establish what is the value of your time? How much money do you want to make? And how do we get from calculating that value to the amount of money that you want to make, factoring in the amount of time that you want to work? Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here with me today as always. And I've got another great episode for you today. Today, I'm talking to My former coach, who is amazing, you're going to love her. Her name is Agata Chudzinski, and I cannot say her name. It just rolls beautifully off her tongue, but you're going to love our conversation. She's an amazing woman, and I learned so much from her. One thing you do not want to miss very quickly, let me tell you, one more free training this year, voice experience. I am focusing on standing in authority, and I just had the opportunity to demonstrate this live on stage. I spoke out at James Wedmore's live three-day event instantly shifting people into this amazing authority. And what is the problem? I want to focus on why you are leaving a third of your buyers behind. This is going to be an amazing, live, interactive, hot seat coaching, free training, last one of the year. Go to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash voice dash experience. It is the 19th of December, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Get signed up right now. Don't miss it. Your voice going into 2024, and I'm going to be doing some episodes on this, why the whole paradigm has shifted and everything I've been saying for a long time has come full circle, has come home to roost. We have to move forward differently. The voice leading the way, your voice leading your way. CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash voice dash experience. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Aggie. She goes by Aggie. She was born in Poland and raised in France. 
Agata Aggie Chudzinski is a seasoned entrepreneur and non-equity business partner with firsthand experience in scaling successful businesses, specializing in strategic scaling, team building, and exit strategies. Aggie brings a global perspective to her diverse and dynamic clientele, including women, LGBTQ+, and BIPOC-owned businesses. As a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community, Aggie fosters an environment that celebrates confidence, authenticity, and vulnerability. Guiding her clients to leverage human-to-human marketing, she empowers them to build genuine relationships and create brands that resonate authentically with their audience. Aggie's passion for entrepreneurship stems from her experiences making her a strategic advisor who understands the entrepreneurial journey intimately. When not guiding clients, she cherishes family life with her wife and daughter, exploring the world, and enjoying Colorado's stunning landscapes. Balancing her professional expertise with personal fulfillment, Aggie is more than an advisor. She's an ally committed to your success. You are going to absolutely love this conversation. We talk about a lot of different things. I know there is a nugget for every one of you. She is a wealth of wisdom. She is one of the most supportive coaches I have ever worked with. And I absolutely loved our time together. Okay, let's head over to the show. Aggie, welcome to the show. Glad to have you with me today. I am so happy to be here. Are you really? I am. Well, I'm happy to have you here because I, I have I have so many things that I know you can share with my audience that they're going to love hearing about. Plus, we just have a great time riffing. I was just telling one of my clients before I popped on this podcast that you and I should start a comedy show together. I think we should. I think we should. You know, my sister for years has said to me that I missed my calling, that I should have been a comedian. Mm -hmm. I think I I think it's uh, I I think it's something that's really valuable to survival. I agree. And I think that humor builds trust and chemistry with the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I've been doing this, This I, I'm going to take that and I'm going to run in a direction with it. I've been doing a, some social media this week on laughter and how mm-hmm. we can use laughter. So humor is great. All of that is wonderful. Right. And where I'm ultimately going to go with this is authenticity. But something I've been tracking for years, actually, I started the study back in the 90s, is laughter to keep people out, laughter as a form of protection, laughter as a a disconnect to, uh uh-oh, I just said something that might have sounded, made me sound like I'm good or worthy or capable. So let me (laughs) laugh and block you out. And that's a totally different kind of thing and I think that's really interesting because I think that we tend to find every which way possible 
to not necessarily show people who we really are. And where I'm going with all of this is I don't think that's a problem for you. No, I love laughing and I love laughter. And I think it's one of the things that makes my relationships with my clients authentic. So you you talked about authenticity. I don't think there is a single meeting that I have entered in the past year, year and a half, maybe two years that doesn't start with some kind of a laughing spell or some joyful moment that is shared between two or three or four individuals, depending on how many people I have on my call, because it allows us to bond and it creates that rapport that builds the foundation for the relationship that you have with the people that trust you to guide them. Yeah. Well, and I know we're always cracking up and which, you know, I'm sure we'll probably riff off some crack ups here in a minute, but, and I want to say something else about authenticity, but I think that for my people, that's one of the things that we work on over here is that I've got to be professional. I've got to be this. I've got to be a certain thing. I always think about Heath Ledger's Joker and the line, I think it's something like, why so serious? Right. And I think that, yeah, definitely everything you said about laughter, but I think that you are one of the most authentic people I know as well. And I think that allows for that opportunity to create that laughter because every time I'm trying to be funny, I'm running the risk that you're going to go, that's not funny. This is so funny, right? That's it's a real judgment creator potentially. So, well, first, I very much appreciate you saying that because I think that maybe three to four years ago, it wouldn't have been the case because mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily as confident about my ability to work with business owners and help them on their journey to growing a business. And there was a lot of second guessing. And when you're second guessing yourself, and I know I've listened to a lot of your podcast episodes, when you're second guessing yourself... Are you stalking me? Are you stalking me? Uh, 100%. <laughs> I wouldn't believe how many TikTok videos I'm like watching. The first one is Tracy Goodwin just posted something. Maybe I'm stalking you. Or maybe that. Maybe you okay, should go. Okay. me to all of those things. Maybe. Um, okay, go yeah, ahead. I think, I think that, like I was saying, I think three years ago when I didn't know whether or not I was worth it, meaning I was worth my client's investment in me to uh, let me and put their trust in me to guide them into the next iteration of their business. And I think also the next iteration of themselves as a business leader, because now they have this accountability partner and the person that they're putting pretty much everything, uh, all of their trust into in saying, okay, help me get there. And it took me a while to understand that I was actually pretty good at it. I didn't believe in myself. And I remember my first, maybe my first quarter, maybe my first six months at Cultivate, um, which is where I work. I was um, 
it was it was hard for me to let people know how much a month with me cost, how much you know relationship with me cost because it's definitely an investment. And then as I started tracking results and also becoming me and not someone else, because I was, when you're not confident, I feel like you enter every single relationship trying to pretend like you're somebody better than yourself, trying to overdo it, trying to overachieve, trying to overstate. And it's when I finally took a step back and said, screw this. Either they have me for me or they don't have me at all. And I kind of stopped caring about what I thought of. Well, I didn't stop caring about what I thought of me because I've always had very high standards, but I started setting expectations accordingly and slowly building my confidence by investing in myself, by working with people who were able to draw it out of me and tell me, shut the hell up and stop talking negatively about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you do, everybody around you can feel it as well. Mm -hmm. I love that you, and I want to, I just dove right in. I want to back up for a second Mm -hmm. and have you tell the listeners what you do. And let me tell you, Aggie's going to tell you what she does, but that's going to, she's, she's, there's nothing this woman can't do. I mean, you've got this incredibly varied and powerful background that I that we may touch on, but just lay down the elevator pitch for us. Sure. First, I'll tell you that I don't believe in pitches because pitching is to get an investment. Uh, I believe in storytelling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always so, forget that. And I always right. use that word. I always forget right. that. So the, the, the story of me is that I am a strategic business advisor and I work exclusively with women-owned businesses and women-owned businesses led by women who are, I'm trying to diversify. So BIPOC uh, women, uh, LGBTQIA women, neurodiverse women. Uh, I love working with people who maybe need another little push in order to really come to their authentic self and build their confidence. And I help them scale their businesses. So anybody that comes to me and says, Hey, Aggie, I've been stuck for a long time. I haven't been able to go past this revenue mark. And I'm, I'm really not sure how to do it. I get into the trenches with them and together we'll figure it out. So I work with solopreneurs. I work with small teams. I work with large teams. I just, my one caveat is that you have to be a woman and you have to be different and you have to want to grow because if you're missing one of those three elements, then I don't think we would necessarily be a good fit. Mm, mm-hmm. What you didn't always work just with women, right? I mean, I know you've got a background in other areas, or was that always the focus? No, it wasn't always the focus. I found out really early on that I had a well, my first job actually was my uh, other than the one that I'm doing right now was my favorite because I was helping intellectual property get out of the university setting and into the marketplace. So I I got to work with hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs and building businesses from the ground up. So I feel like after leaving that incubation and working for uh, and with small businesses as a leader in those small businesses, I found like I had this like four-year mark 
to boredom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm working for four years and then I'm like, okay, what's the next thing that I can do? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm getting bored and I'm a builder and I hate maintenance mode. And after I had my daughter in 2020, I took a sabbatical that, um, I took a year off, which I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. And during that year, I really thought long and hard about what it is that I wanted to do. And I assessed what I loved doing, which was being in building mode. I went back to my roots of incubation and said, man, I really liked working with people and building out their businesses, but I didn't want to necessarily do it from the ground up. I wanted to do it at the, I don't know, 30 to 50% mark and really help those owners say, you've done all the legwork. Now let's take it, let's strengthen the foundation and let's, you know, blow it out of the water by taking it to the next level. So no, I've not always worked with women-owned businesses, but I believe that riches are in the niches. And so I think that what has differentiated me is that I very early chose to just work with women. And now I'm refining it even more and more because that ideal client persona, I've had enough clients now to know who I have really good chemistry with. And again, going back to that laughter conversation, who I can crack a joke during my mm-hmm. session with. Who I can be authentic with, who can be vulnerable enough to share in session so we can really go in deep of what have been the blocks, kind of what like you do, right? Except that you do it on the voice, but you're you've done I, I work with some of your clients and holy crap, the transformation that they have um experienced working with you and how they were stuck. And then you can see that. Tracy ticker of, oh, before Tracy, after Tracy. It's kind of like before Jesus, after Jesus, but it's before Tracy, after Tracy, <laughs> of like triple the revenue or quadruple yeah. the revenue. And it's it's exceptional. So I aim to be you. Um, well, grow up. Well, <laughs> well, just hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> just so... Okay, so you've said a lot of things that have that I've, I've written a lot of words down here, and I like a lot of the things that you've said about layers and layers to authenticity. You know, full disclosure, I, Aggie's my coach. You, so if you hear me riffing off stuff about, I've got this coach. This is the one. This is the one I'm talking about. And I will talk about you from the perspective of things that I learned, things that I think we all need a coach. I think we all need a guide because we all get stuck in our own way. We all get stuck in our own noise. And, you know, the things that we all have blind spots. And I think some of the things that you're talking about, I, I'm really researching right now. And it's these multi, multi, multi layers of authenticity and how we can't just do one thing. You don't see clients one time. I didn't have one session with you. There's no silver bullets. And so there's authenticity. And then you said the word worth. And that's really what I've, I haven't talked to you in a few days, but I've, that's what I've really been investigating over the weekend. I've been investigating, I've been researching it for a while, but I've really been on this track of worth at the core. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about women 
And I think there's societal implications around men's voices and men, and there's societal implications around, I'm not picking on women. I'm not dogging women. I'm not putting women on a pedestal. I think that there's different buckets for both. And it, as you're talking about this work that you do, and I know this work, I think about worth and I also think about masks and I think about layers and patterns. And it makes me wonder, do you see patterns in the women you work with that are in all different kinds of job, but, you know, businesses? Short answer, 100% yes. And I think that's why I enjoy working with women more so than I enjoy working with men. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's 50 shades of gray and gender. So I'll just Mm -hmm. stick to two. But uh, I think that when I work with women, one of the recurring issues that I see is related to that worth because women tend to second guess their worth when they get a no or when they get multiple Mm -hmm. no's. And I think that that goes back to a lot of the patriarchal and societal and cultural things that we've been taught over time of sit pretty, be quiet, be polite, don't push it, et cetera. But it be, because if you show up with too much confidence, then you're called names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really do think that one of the most powerful work we can do is establish what is the value of your time? How much money do you want to make? And how do we get from calculating that value to the amount of money that you want to make, factoring in the amount of time that you want to work so that you're not overworking yourself because, hey, we need work-life harmony as well. Uh, We can't be working 80-hour weeks because it's not sustainable. You and I have chatted about that multiple times. And I think that the changes that I have seen with some of my clients are some of the same changes that you've seen with some of your clients, because I feel like we're working on the same things in different ways, except that yours is, mm-hmm. has has a huge ROI because you're actually changing the way that people perceive people, whereas I'm changing intrinsically the way people see themselves as well in understanding their value and their worth and saying charge $25,000 for that workshop that you've spent years putting together and that you're going to customize to your clients. Because if you're looking at the number of people that you are delivering that workshop to, it's nothing per head. And yet you're here debating whether or not you should add a zero to the price or not. And this is the type of things that I'm trying to really push and take off that self-worth mask and put the one that adds the worth to your face, right? Until it kind of assimilates to your persona and you start believing the fact that you're worth that price, you're worth that money, you're worth that investment. And it can be a hard sell. Yeah. It can be a really hard sell. You know, the research that I've done lately, all of this started with all roads are leading to re- fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. That's the ground. That is ground zero. Right. Fear of rejection. And and what you were saying, I think it's power. I think it's important to talk about that a little bit more. The no, 
I'm going to automatically take a no as I am unworthy. But I think unworthy is very much like a voice story. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the kindergarten teacher said, that's not yellow, Judy, that's brown. Okay, I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. And, and nothing against the kindergarten teacher. But I think we live in this world where so much sense of belonging at the core level. Why does it become so personal when I try to sell you something or I sell you something or I give you the price and you tell me no? Why do we take that on so? Because we take it personally and it's not personal. I mean, the the phrase, it's not personal, it's business, Mm -hmm. applies 100% to that. Now, it can be changed in the way you show up, but ultimately, Mm -hmm. it is also our task to determine whether or not the person or the business that we're talking to, do they need us? Do they need our skill set? Do they understand fully what we do? Do we have that value proposition that is going to blow uh, our competitors out of the water because we are compared to other people because we live in a world of choices. We live in a world where I am one of millions of coaches you're a little bit more niche. There's not so many competitors out in the world, especially at your caliber. But I had that conversation with a guest on my podcast not too long ago. Um, And I asked her that question. I said, when you're a coach or you're an advisor or you're a consultant, how do you compete? And she said something that really marked me that I had understood before, but never verbalized. And there, there is a lot of choice There are a lot of choices if you are at the starting level Mm -hmm. because people have transformational experiences and think, oh, I can do that. And then they go and get get their coaching certificate, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But you have practiced what you've preached to your clients for many years. I have practiced what I preach to my clients for many years. I've run businesses. I've grown them. I've scaled them. Uh, you have worked with incredible names in the in the you know all kinds of industries. Uh, you and I talk about that often, and I think that also the way that we show up is different. And our competition at that higher level of what we do is not as big because we stand out because we have those specialties, because we have a proven caseload of success stories behind us. We have those case studies. So you you say that you've studied things for a long time. So have I through my clients. I learn just as, my, as much from my clients as I think they learn from me. I hope they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get so much from two hours spent with a client because it really, really motivates me to problem solve with them. And if I can do it for one, then by tweaking a few things, I can have my learnings and reapply it to somebody else, customize it to their needs and crush it with them. Mm -hmm. And you know, through all of your clients too, I'm sure that you're using some of those tactics too, of like, oh my God, I had a breakthrough with this person and that completely changed their their voice. Um, and I know that you and I also deal with that issue and I'm sure a lot of people do too, to where when you give somebody that free piece of advice, I think that's one of the things that you covered in your last podcast was like, oh yeah, I got it, thanks. 
See you later. (laughs) And we're just sitting back and saying, oh, no, you don't got it. But good luck. You'll be back later. Yeah. Well, and I think that's talk about stories. I think that's the power of the internal stories we want to hold on to. Yes. Is I've seen it and and you've heard me, you know, I want to back up a second and say, dear goodness, what two hours with me? I can only imagine what you're learning from me. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, I think I'm going to get this award at the end of our time together. (laughs) Most dramatic award goes to. But I don't want to use the word complain because I don't want to think of myself as the complainer. I don't want to identify with that. It's been an incredible source of frustration that I have vented to you this. I'll do a podcast. I'll do a nugget. I'll do a video. And then I somebody thinks that they've got it and they don't. And it's not even about let me sell you my service. It's about stop buying into the lies of the mind, the illusion that is creating the protection that will ultimately block your success. Right. And it's a lie. It's a story. We tell ourselves so many stories. But it's interesting. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about how important it is to invest in ourselves Mm -hmm. as, as business owners as well. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that perpetual learning Like I learn from my clients, but I also invest in myself with Mm -hmm. healing coaches, mindset coaches. I mean, all kinds of coaches throughout my lifetime, because I believe that entrepreneurship and business ownership and leadership takes a village Mm. and you can't just get out there with all your ancestral trauma (laughs) or your family trauma or your you know, professional trauma and think that this one tip is going to make it all go away because it doesn't. It takes Mm -hmm. years of work, just like therapy takes years of work. Just like the fact that when I align with clients, it's for years, it's not for months. And same goes for you because it's a constant evolution. Once you've solved one problem, there's another problem that, that comes, you know, Uh, around the corner because that's what happens when you grow. There's always something else to learn. There's always something else to take on. There's always some new challenge that you're facing. And and it's extremely important to take that time and align yourself with people who can help you. Yeah. You know, go over those hurdles. I don't think these are your people because I know that you, I know the kind of people that you work with. But I think I want to see what you think about this. There's got to be a I know there's a balance in. One tip does not change the thing, the trajectory, but then I also have dealt with with certain audiences that may not be my audience anymore. I can't even get visible. I can't even show up. I can't even take an action. Mm -hmm. I think we have to find that way to take an action, but know that we have so much to learn. I don't know. Does that make any sense? I don't even know what the question is in there. (laughs) (laughs) Could you come up with one? (laughs) Problem solved. It's it's real time. It's real time showing your skills. (laughs) I'll take what you said and I'll say, 
it's true that as business owners and as humans, we're not meant to be liked by all. That's the first level of acceptance of if your expectation is everybody's going to like me, then stop it because that's never going to happen. You talk about repellents. You talk mm-hmm. about voice repellents. I was just w- watching some TV show not too long ago and I was like, ooh, I can't stand mm-hmm. the voice of this actress. And mm-hmm. I know it's her natural voice and then her character just added on a layer of frustration. But I think that one of the most important steps is understand who is aligned with you. And it's not going to be someone who is not looking for a partner. It's not a fix. It's a partnership. And that's really important to understand because a lot of people believe that they're going to go on Udemy or Coursera or edx.edu and take a class and become an expert at something. But everything that is worth the ROI takes time and investment, an investment of time and an investment of resources. However, the resources are happening. It could be money, it could be a barter, it could be whatever it is. And I think that for people to understand, and we both work with professionals, whether they're leaders or business owners, et cetera, et cetera, I think that they need to start looking at a relationship with a coach, with an advisor, with a consultant from the perspective of, I'm looking for this partner who's going to go the long way with me rather than looking for the quick fix. Mm. And you know what I take from that? Mm. You're going you're gonna to have an internal laugh when I say this, because you know so much of the stuff that I'm navigating. The quick fix can oftentimes be what we choose to hear in words. The mm-hmm. partner is built in sound. Yes. That and, is correct. And we're so desperate for that quick fix, that silver bullet. And I think that goes back to worth because we so want to matter. We so want to make an impact that we'll listen to the one that says, oh yeah, I can do this for 17,000 and we give them the money. And then we go, whoa, that just wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. Isn't that interesting though, that the people that have that really high worth of themselves and charge the big prices are very often people who actually don't deliver on the price. Yeah. It's kind of like throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. I'm just going to give them a price. And if they say yes, uh, cool. I just became a little richer and I'm not going to go above and beyond because they're not seeking that long-term relationship. Yeah. I hate sales. I hate business development. So mm. for me, retaining my clients is the holy grail because it doesn't mean that I'm bad at it. I'm, I'm actually pretty decent with sales, but I, I'm, I became decent because I looked for tactics that didn't make me sleazy and didn't make mm-hmm. me put on some kind of voice or hat or face or mask that steered from who I am authentically. Mm-hmm. So I think we go back, you know, full circle on that authenticity piece of if you are you, and you're not trying to shove things down people's throats, if you're really meeting them at the intersection of 
where they are and where they want to go and you cross their path and that partnership starts forming in a holistic, sustainable, mutual partnership manner, then then you're in it for the long haul. But it also means that you have to maintain that relationship between meetings as well, right? So it's not just you have a meeting with a client and then you don't see them for two weeks or a month or whatever. It's those touch points, that nurture that's happening in between that is really important as well because it brings that worth to the relationship of telling somebody, hey, I like you and you're worth my while and I hope I'm worth yours too. Yeah. Well, it's collaboration. And that's my new big study that I'm doing on, you know, I can't get anything done because I'm so busy geeking out on research around the nuances around voice. And this data right now is just showing collaboration. People want collaboration above all else. And guess what? There's a sound for that. Yeah. There is a clear sound in I can process subconsciously if I get to be a part of this or not. But something I wanted to add to what you said about the the people that do that, they 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 have that so much worth. I'm not I don't know, because it's like the choice of the peacekeeper versus the needing to prover. Mm. It's pick your poison. Mm hmm. Most people, eight out of 10 of my people, go that people go rock the boat route. But then there's that couple of percentage that go to defense and arrogance and needing to prove. And it makes me wonder, are those people really solid or are they just as insecure? They've just picked a different mask. Maybe. Maybe that's your expertise. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. That's that's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some of the data is women struggle to invest in themselves. Mm -hmm. Women struggle to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Women struggle to be supported. Is that what you see? Yes. I mean, I've, I mean, it, maybe you do see it with your clients that it it was almost. Not that they didn't want to work with you, but it was hard for them to invest in themselves. Right. Which is why I think transparency from the very beginning is, is really important. And I claim my price or claim mm -hmm. my cost or whoever I'm talking to from the very beginning, because I don't want there to be any misunderstanding when people talk to me that it's going to be an investment. That's number one. But I want to circle back on something on a thought that I didn't finish earlier and that instant gratification. I think it's particularly true for women, especially from what I'm seeing on social media is going back to that quick fix and getting rich fast on all of those cons that are happening about like, hey, open an Amazon store and start selling this or mm -hmm. join this MLM and start selling this or take this course and then make $400,000 by being some prompt engineer for AI. A lot of people are making money selling those miracle solutions. And sure, some people are successful, but it's 1% out of all the people that try. And the rest mm -hmm. of those people keep investing money to invest more money to invest more money because that's how those schemes are designed. And so I want everyone, you know, all of your listeners to understand that 
that working with us takes time. It's not instant gratification that we're fixing a lot of things to rebuild that foundation. And it's not something that could happen in 30 seconds, uh, you know, and, and some microseconds behind because it's years and years and years and years and years of not doing anything or not being able to cross certain thresholds, certain hurdles that we're trying to undo and help them cross. Mm -hmm. So those things can be instant Mm -hmm. and those things need to be supported and done in partnership. And I follow the nature model. So I equate every single business and every single person to something like a tree, for example. You have to have strong roots and a strong trunk so that you can grow your branches and your leaves and have all of that ecosystem living on top of you. And if you have that strong foundation, those strong roots, it doesn't matter what kind of hurricane hits you, you're still standing up. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have those strong roots, if you're not surrounding yourself the right support system and you don't have that strong trunk, the next hurricane, you'll be on the floor and you'll just have to be taken out. Well, and that's and I agree. I mean, I talk about foundation of rock versus sand. Mm -hmm. People come here. That's what that's what technique is. Just speak louder. Okay, that's sand. Mm -hmm. We got to get to the core. We've got to get to the rock. And we've got to build this voice, which is your identity, on a rock, not on mm-hmm. sand. But as I'm listening to you talk about this tree analogy, which one of my former coaches, if she listens to this, she's just going to be rolling because she's constantly telling me, Tracy, you are, you have got to see yourself like a tree. You have the energy of a tree. Mm-hmm. You have the strength of a tree. You've got, I mean, she's going to laugh if she hears this and hear you say that because that's how she reads me. But I think about all of these people and all of this is in the same bucket of authenticity and worth and all of this, all of these people copying other people. Oh, Judy's doing it that way. I'm going to do it that way. Or, oh, let me go build the Amazon store because that guy did that. You know, their, their tree's going to fall over. Their tree, their, their tree is not rooted. No, because the tree's not them. Right. Right. Because that that foundation is not coming from them. And you can only pretend and only you you can only be in that that area of stealing intellectual property or pretending to be someone else or using their work to advance your work. That only goes so far. It's kind of like plagiarism, right? At some point in time you get uncovered and and you you're a fraud. So I think that that's where that authenticity becomes even way more important because I don't think you can be authentic when you're taking somebody else's work and making it your own. It's awkward because if somebody is like asking you question to go in in depth in in your pseudo expertise, you can only bullshit so much before you sound like an idiot. Well, you're just knocking them out of the park <laughs> on the truth bombs today because that is, well, you know how I feel about it. Yeah. You know how I feel about it as somebody who has spent their entire existence truly from the womb because of what I, I got. I have this gift from navigating when I navigated 
And then to watch people, watch it be so powerful. And I don't say that in arrogance, but watch it be so powerful that other people then take it and take it into my realms, my space. I don't own the space. I get it. Don't have a meltdown out there and try to deliver it. And it, it pains me because I need to understand why we come into this world authentic and we leave a duplicate. Mm -hmm. That is so profound. That is my new, you will hear about this tomorrow when we meet. That is my new trajectory because the work I've been doing in my groups this week has been the most nuanced, razor's edge, thin work on authenticity versus performance, mask versus not. We come into this world so unique and pure and like a fingerprint. And it doesn't matter how many voice coaches there are if I can authentically show up and do the work as me. Mm -hmm. And yet I have to spend, well, I choose to spend time trying to understand why people just take my stuff. You're leaving the world as a duplicate. You're robbing the world of what you were put here to do. Mm -hmm. And the original is the one that suffers for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, maybe, maybe you haven't, seen it to the degree that I have where people are taking trademark phrases of mine and that kind of thing and using it. But I'm sure it exists in your realm. I'm sure it exists in your realm and in uh, everything. Mm -hmm. And it it's really a choice, isn't it? Yeah. It's a choice. I can choose to believe that I can create something like psychology of the voice, or I can watch you and try to be like you because I believe that you're successful. Right. But the, the key is, and this is what your friend and client Sherry and I talk about uh, very often. And, and she had this aha moment after talking to you where you told her to just surrender. And yeah. she and I had a, had a chat and she goes, I, it finally hit me that the advice that you're giving me is not for me to do exactly the way you do it, but use what you're telling me and do it my way. Yeah. And it was like, yes, because you cannot be authentic if you're trying to do exactly the way I do it. If you're using the words that I would use, mm -hmm. I am coming at it from the perspective of what has worked for me. Now let's use that and figure out mm -hmm. what is going to work for you in your words, in your mannerisms, using your characteristics, using your authentic, vulnerable, trustworthy, confident person. Because everybody has that in themselves, but you just have to believe that you're capable of it. And once you reach that point, then watch out because there is no stopping. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it is magical. Yes. The thrill that I get from the work that I create based on the research that I do, based on the downloads that I get is... I wouldn't have it any other way, but I think that we have to really be willing to go there. We have to really have the courage to go there. And then I think we have to find people like you to support us in that. But I, so from a, from a me perspective, that's the only way, but from a leaving a legacy and impact on the world perspective, I'm not robbing the people that come after me of what my gift was here on earth. As you shouldn't, because then there's right. no legacy. 
There's no legacy. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Good thing we didn't get too deep today. Well, if we had, we probably would have started crying or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think you know, maybe maybe we should do that comedy show. I think so. I think we would have a lot of things to talk about. I mean, there is scorpions, there is snakes, there is tall grass, there are dogs jumping up, you know, like all kinds of things that we can talk about. Well, and that's why my life is so funny, because there's always some wildness. And I know it's like I have to wrap up because I was late to this call. And I know Aggie's got to get to another call, but I was late to this call because three calls ago, the internet dropped out and that started pushing everything behind. But today, just so you know, I'm dealing with what they call beggar's lice. And it's just about as bad as it's not real lice. It's these little tiny sticky things that are like thorns. And Birdie, the dog, got in the bamboo bushes and came in with 400 of them on her. And you can't get them off. So they're on my pants. They're on the bed. They're on the everything. So there's always something to laugh about with me, isn't there, Maggie? And there it is. And there's why I always anticipate your Voxers. And I get really worried (laughs) when I don't hear from you for like three (laughs) or four days because I, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to, (laughs) to, and I laugh every single time. And I tell you, because usually my responses are with me finishing off my cackle or some kind of laughter. And I know that in the grand scheme of things, it's not necessarily you know, amusing, but just the your your talent to tell stories and relay that information is what makes it pure comedy. And I and I, I'm living for it. So give me a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely send the boxes. I definitely yeah. box things up. And and I think that's a you know credit to you that I'm not always I'm not always funny. I'm usually pretty funny. Uh, But I think just to tie a bow on this episode of where we started, you provide that, you create that space that I never question that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm going around in the world worried about judgment, but that is, and I think I've said this to you before. I think I probably said it early on. I said, I don't ever worry about what you're going to, I don't ever worry about you judging me. Now, I typically don't do that anyway, but I'm aware of being judged. Right. I mean, it's like, I'm not worried about you judging me, but I'm hyper aware that you're judging me. I don't ever feel like you're judging ever. Because I never do. Because you never do. I I think that everybody has their stories and everybody has their struggles. And it doesn't matter to me where you're coming from or where you're going. But if you need me to do it with you, and I feel the same. This is why choosing the people that I work with is really important to me because I need to make them feel that there is that space, but I also need to feel like that space exists for me. And, and it's, it's mutual. So when I have my first call with, with prospects, with people who have been referred to me or that find me on LinkedIn or wherever, I call it a chemistry call. And the first words out of my mouth is we're going to figure out if we like each other. Mm-hmm. Because if we work together, I'm going to spending a heck of a lot of time with you. Yeah. And if at some point in time, I feel a sense of discomfort, it's not going to work. Now, it doesn't mean that we will be mutually in partnership uncomfortable because of a challenge or a situation that is taking mm-hmm. 
a long time to solve. Mm-hmm. But if I can create a space for women, especially those that are mission-driven, purpose-driven, that have differences and haven't been able to find somebody who understands them, I want to create that space for them to feel understood. And you do. And that's a hard stop. That's not a California rolling stop, friends. That's a hard stop. Boom. Dropping the gauntlet down. All right. Where do we find you? Where do we stalk you, Aggie? Where do you want me to send people? Over to LinkedIn? Well, you know, you've got a podcast. I was on the podcast. I have a podcast. It's called Badass Women in Business Podcast. It also can be found on our holding company, ProveHer.com. Um, and so that's where you can find me. You can find me on LinkedIn. I go by Aggie, A-G-G-I-E. My last name is a alphabet soup. Very hard to say. <laughs> uh, but if you look for Aggie Shijinsky, C-H-Y-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I, you will probably find me on, on LinkedIn. And, and uh, that's the easiest way for people to connect with me in those two spaces. Well, I'll put those links in the show notes and I just hope nobody ever says, oh, you, you, who's your coach? Aggie? Oh, Aggie who? Well, Aggie. Right. You know. We have this running joke with a colleague of mine because Midwestern people call me Aggie. So oh. if I'm if I'm in a good mood, I am over easy. If I'm in a bad mood, <laughs> usually hard boiled. <laughs> um, but uh, so I was joking with her. We're on a retreat in in uh, Mexico, and her name is Cheryl. And we were at a round table together, and I was telling her that because I was so sick of people mispronouncing my nickname and my real name that. I was going to start going by Ashley. So now every time we have a meeting, I call Cheryl Susan and she calls me Ashley. So that's how it's funny. That's great. I love that. Well, I know you got to go because I know I was running late. Now I've got you running late, but thank you so much for being here. This was a great conversation. It was my pleasure, Tracy. And you are exceptional. And I hope everybody knows that. Well, thank you. You're exceptional. And now they know. Well, they got the Evelyn Woods version of how <laughs> exceptional you are. They're going to read the whole book later. As now they know who I'm talking about when I talk about you on the show. Sounds good. And mm-hmm. the next the next iteration of our partnership is going to be their comedy show, writing a book together on totally the city. Maybe even a television show. I don't know. We're going to talk, talk to my people. Yeah. Lawrence Welsh is about to get a, <laughs> <laughs> a competitor. All right. All right. Okay, thank you for being here. And thank you, listeners. Always great to have you. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 